Hello. Hello, Norman. Hi, how nice to be with you. Yes, you too. We can't see you yet. Wait a minute. I've just put my video. Here we are. Yes, right. yay. Cheers. Cheers Thank to you. you. Do, do we have. Sorry, I should have got a glass. Sharon it's does it. It's just, you know, just plain old Scottish water. It, it, it's okay. It's, we're, we're, we're doing a little more today because, you know, why not? Day drinking, it's a thing now. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try. Nice to meet you. You know, there's an awful lot of stuff about this at the moment about people who are drinking too much during lockdown and um but it's never tasted so good has it as it does now and i try i try not to start until about 8 30 p.m it's true it's you know what i i'm not gonna lie to you it is it's it's soda water with the lime i mean you know if there is a if there is anywhere a silver lining to this coronavirus it has to be Argentine Malbec. Oh, deliciousness. Right. We got dressed up for you today. We just yeah. wanted to say that. That is, well, that's really nice. Um, now, you might think this is a plain shirt, but it does have, a, it is actually. Yes. It has cuffs. Oh, okay. So it's, it's a very, it's a very nice shop that I patronize in Paris, you know. As and when we ever get back to Paris, we will always, oh. we'll always have Paris. And, and we did want to say that we have your book here. Thank you. One of them. Yes. Well, one of them. This was yeah. my first of your books. So right. I figured I wanted to showcase it here. I read it when I was a, a young artist at the Metropolitan Opera. Please don't tell me how young because it'll make me feel very old. I know, Sandra. What are you thinking? I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I read it just last year. I mean, you know, <laughs> and that was probably about the eighth book I'd written. So, <laughs> oh, I know it, it's it's really impressive. And thanks for being on the show. And by the way, this is Carrie. Hi, Hi Carrie. It's so nice to meet you both. Like, nice to meet you. How how are you doing with the, with all this quarantine? I am madly busy. I'm I'm just. Um, <sighs> I broke as soon as all of this started. I, I stopped working on a book. Um, I just couldn't bridge that gulf between reality and unreality and thought, okay, just engage with one thing. So I took on more journalism than I'd done for about 10 years, and I'm basically doing that you know, just trying to cover cover the waterfront because nobody else is telling people what's going on in the music world, are they? No, um, no. you know, so I do it on my site. And I do it in the Spectator, and I do it in the Critic, and I do it one or two other, in, in one or two other places. Um, basically, to keep the world informed and connected, and and to give a little bit of hope, and to give a little bit of music, and and to feel that we're we're still together in all of this. We're not, although we may be locked in and locked down, and all of the other cliches of the present time. If we don't find some way of talking to each other. Uh, then we're really lost. And slip disc, um, I mean, it's a, the, the, it, it has between two and three million readers a month, which is, I mean, that's tells us. I mean, exactly. <laughs> it tells us. It tells us. It tells us one one basic truth. I mean, the, the numbers have gone up quite considerably, probably about twenty five percent during this period. But it was substantial beforehand. But what it tells us 
is that there are an awful lot more people who are interested in music than we ever see in the concert hall in the opera house. Right. Right. And if that's the case, why are we not seeing them there? And why has the infrastructure and the business failed us in such a way that these people who log on every day, and I, you know, I can see where they're logging on from, and I've got all the maps, and I've got my own you know, data scientists who are combing it for me, and who tell me, for instance, tell me, I mean, the most shocking statistic I'll say for the last, I mean, who tell me that they, they are almost 50-50 um, male and female which is surprising. Wow. Um, especially, yeah. Can you, can you get the, the average age or is that, and? Yeah. Is it younger or older than we think? 51% under 35. Whoa. That is great news. Okay. So why aren't we seeing these people? What are we getting wrong mm -hmm. that, they're interested, they're engaged, they're, they're, they're coming on the site, some of them several times a day, they're commenting, they're talking to each other, they're relating, they're curious. They're not coming through the doors of our opera houses and concert halls. What have we got wrong? That's a you great know, that's question. Million, it's the million dollar question now, isn't it? Wow. Especially in the next year or two. Mm -hmm. And something even more critical than that, which some of the more sensible opera and concert managers are just beginning to admit to themselves, which is when it all does come back. I do so love your outfits. I'm so glad you did Just for you. I, I know I did it. Should I wear a jacket? Should I not wear a jacket? Oh, come on. <laughs> we just couldn't, we couldn't stand looking at each other in our workout gear anymore. No. <laughs> okay. No. Um, what what is now becoming clear is that as and when performance does resume the older members of the audience are more vulnerable and they won't be coming back the older 70s are not going to be there what's what and who is going to replace them what are the strategies for replacing them what is being done what's being how where is the outreach what's the new pricing who's doing that thinking yeah um, I'm not seeing a lot of it. I think everybody is just, what's the word we keep using, Carrie? Desperate. 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 Desperation just seems to be abounding. Everyone is in panic mode and selling their wares for free on the internet and singing for free and all of this free content. And I mean, the, we, we have a list of questions. <laughs> we have so much we want to ask you or talk to you about, but... I don't sing for free. Why the hell should you? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not Thank even a professional. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> no, you know, you're so right. It, 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 it's not only desperate, but also lacking in advice. You know, what are your agents advising you? Your agents aren't advising you anything because they're in a flat panic because yeah. they've got nothing coming through the door. And because several of them, uh, two of them have gone, two firms have gone bust already. Yes. Uh, one major firm I hear has just laid off a whole load of people. It's, it'll become known early next week. I hope it's not one of your agencies. So you're, what you, is your personal manager saying to you, oh, get your stuff out there for free? Or is it saying to you, just don't bother me until all this is all over? <laughs> or, or, you know, what, what's the advice that you're getting? 
Um, and, and why actually, why should you feel desperate? Why should you feel low? And you both reached uh, a, 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 a point in your profession that you're not going to recede from. You're both going to be out there and up there. So now is actually, it's bonus time. This is the time for rethinking. This is the time for thinking, um, what do we want to do to make it count for the rest of our lives? Um, instead of rushing from one engagement to another, instead of rushing from one airport to another, um, instead of doing all those often humiliating things that we have to do in getting visas and going through customs and, and, and having to explain ourselves. I mean, you know, we don't even explain ourselves as much to our spouses as we do, as, 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 as we do to people who organize our travel. True. Um, instead, of doing, instead of doing all of that, that's, this is good thinking time. This is really good think time and good engaging time. Mm -hmm. And I love this. I mean, I love talking to you like this. I gave a, a webinar in Australia last week at the National Academy. Fantastic. I didn't have to get on a plane. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't it? And we can still chit chat. And, and you know, my manager has been very proactive and I, mm -hmm. I, I applaud him. I know Carrie's manager has been too, but I, I think it comes from the singer as well. We initiate, Carrie has initiated contact with her manager, I have with mine, in, in that, what do you feel about all of this? What do you, do you think we should be doing? And, and what kind of content should we be putting out there? And how do you feel about it? Mm -hmm. And I think that it's up to us as the singers too, to initiate that conversation, instead of just sitting here panicking, going, I lost another job, I lost another job. Mm -hmm. People are gonna forget me think as you said think about the future think take this time to to regroup to realize what's really important to us now as artists not panic no i kept thinking what when we cross over this bridge into whatever's coming next i wanted to look back at this time and i wanted it to look a certain way i wanted to have a vision of that a picture of that what did I do? How did I help? Um, and that's why we started this. It was, A, we wanted to laugh because we need, we all need a little laughter right now. And B, we really just wanted some honest and real conversations around, well, I'm a little disappointed you do people today around water, but. <laughs> and, and Carrie's in the earliest time zone too. She's am, in Nashville, she's an hour. <laughs> it is new, it's past noon and this is whiskey. It's like 50% malt downstairs. Have I got time to run down and get that? Yeah, <laughs> feel free. Yeah, do it, go for it. I can cut at it. Yeah. Right. Girl, I wanted a day drink today. I got my nose swabbed. You got <laughs> <laughs> we, we can find a reason for drinking. Anytime, can't we? <laughs> I don't have a bra or underwear. Oh, I love you. I have that on. You too? I wore it. Well, I put panties on to get swabbed because, you know, my mother raised me right. And if you get in a car accident, you need to have clean underwear on. <laughs> <laughs> Norm's going to come back and he's going to hear okay. us. It's, oh, it's... there it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. What are... Oh, lovely. 46.3%. <gasps> Oh, and so our conversation's to, going to get very, very yeah. rousing soon. <laughs> I mean, the man who made it autographed it. Wow. Look doesn't get that. better. <gasps> That's so surprised. Well, 
and cheers to both of you. Cheers. cheers. Thank you for yeah. joining us. Yeah. Thank you. Mm. Much better. Oh, God, that's good. Yeah. Oh. Yes. Oh. See? It's okay. <sighs> only an hour or two off, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> the other characteristic of this period. And, and you're so right, I think it was you, Kerry, who said, was it Kerry or was it Sandra who said, how are we going to remember this period? Kerry. Such an important thing, Kerry. I think we need to put a name to it, or if not a name, we put a color to it. Mm -hmm. Let's say this is our indigo period. <laughs> and we can then say to ourselves and ask ourselves, what is it that we achieved in that indigo period? In what way did we change uh, um, and improve our circumstances? Mm -hmm. And I think the one takeaway is going to be, this is the time where we realize that we could take control. We could take back control of our lives. Yeah. We can actually determine so many things. We're not actually, we don't have to wait for people to come and give us dates or give us commissions. Mm -hmm. We make a running. We decide what we want to do, mm -hmm. how we want to perform, yeah. where we want to perform. Um, yeah. We can be much more the initiators because everything else around us is now suddenly fragile and pliable. So I, I see it, you know, I see that it's quite a positive. But reflective. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's been a very reflective time mm. in and artistic in different ways than just singing, for instance, this, this show. Mm. But I've learned about, I, I say this every time, but I, I had no idea what Zoom was two, mm. three months ago. But I've learned social media, and Carrie and I, we started this as just two silly blondes, opera singers, trying to figure out internet. And what, what Carrie has learned, she does all the editing, and she has just taken that upon herself to, to teach herself all of this during this time and, and what a luxury and you're really good at it Carrie by the way you really are no but we've learned so many different artistic other aspects of our artistic side and I, I think that that's really really wonderful because it has Carrie, Carrie you could be giving webinars in this people are desperate for this skill I know I just you know I just started playing and pushing buttons and I thought oh can I do this oh how fun would that be and then I fell down the rabbit hole and actually am now learning Final Cut Pro, which is in madness. And who ever thought my life would look like this? But I, uh, but there's, I asked someone, I said, why does this make me so happy to do this? And they said, because it's a way for you to still be creative. And I didn't link the two. Because in, in editing and recording this, we can tell a story the way we want to tell the story. All three of us, we all have say over how we want this story out on the internet. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. So it's a creative outlet for me, which has brought me um, some stress, but some, uh, you know, good stress and some joy as well. And as the editor, you're equivalent to the opera director. Yes. It's true. That's a good analogy. It is. So you've, you've upgraded yourself automatically. I did. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> I think it's so tell us, talk to us about Slip Disc, because where did that yeah. name come from? Of all names, Slip Disc. Because I'd written a book, gosh, this is a long time ago, and you're probably both still in grade school. Um, I'd written a book about the, I'd written a history of the classical record in 
industry and the demise of the record industry, which was already apparent then. This would have been about 2007 and 2006, 2007. And in starting, I was a bit reluctant to start the blog because like you, you know, when I, uh, what was it Samuel Johnson said? None but a fool ever wrote for money, but for money. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and you know, never in my life had I had I had I written for free, had I, or had I even experimented with giving it away. And you sort of felt like Imaladus uh, on a Sunday. Um, and um, but I thought, okay, let's try it and let's see if I can possibly find a different voice or a different set of voices mm. and because one doesn't you're not normally allowed that versatility in writing if you're writing journalism then journalism has a kind of sing-song quality to it especially if it's broadcast journalism it's mm. you are speaking in recitativo yes every yes. time you turn on the news somebody is doing recit yes it's and a it's a so exactly yeah. Exactly. So it's not, it's not a natural form of writing. When you're writing a book, well, then you set your own parameters and you have your own voice, but you are, to some extent, um, the prisoner of the story that you're telling. The story is going to take its own momentum, especially if it's fiction, it's nonfiction as well. The story is going to take its own momentum. And in the end, all you can, what you introduce of yourself is a not so much personality, but little you know, sides of wit and 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 charm and and um, pleasantry. Um, so it's not quite you when you're actually not writing for any kind of money at all. When you're setting up a blog, um, and I called it slip disc because end of the record industry, slip disc crash, right? Um, oh, oh. <laughs> that's good because I thought it, I thought it was. I took it too literally. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, not the medical one. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you do, when you go on, when you Google slip disc, that's yeah. what comes up. Learning a disc, you know, healthline.com. <laughs> oh my Lord. <laughs> you have called it Goldstones. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you know, come on. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of. I must, I, I'll give my data scientist a check and see how many urologists I have among my readers. Um, You'd be surprised. It's the surprised. first thing that comes up. Exactly. Neither of you is married to urologists, right? No. No disrespect. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh my gosh, I love that. So, um, it's finding that different voice, and, and the voice then becomes a very communicative voice. It becomes very much um, me and you. Um, it's much more the voice that I use when giving talks and lectures. Um, and it is also a kind of informality. One of the reasons I eventually got out of journalism, I decided when I, when I hit 60, I've had enough. I've done enough. Um, I'm going to start repeating myself soon, so I, I'm, I, don't, I just don't want to do a weekly column anymore. It's enough. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I was finding was an urge to over-explain. I was under pressure from my editors to over-explain. Oh. The, readers, the readers don't know. The readers don't understand. And I'm saying, no, 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 on the contrary. Actually, one really needs to challenge the readers a little bit more to make them want to know more. So we were having 
that kind of conversation, I thought, well, let's have a forum in which I can actually talk to people who understand what I'm saying, and I don't have to over-explain it. And because I don't do that, I can do it quite quickly, mm -hmm. and it can take just two hours of my day, um, rather than much longer for a piece of worked-through journalism. And yet, that became slip disk, and at the time that I started, people said the maximum possible. You will never get more than 10,000 readers a day. So, Prove them wrong. Yep. It's 70,000 at the moment and rising. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. So, yeah. so I must be doing something right. I'm doing it almost all myself. I mean, I have a little bit of assistance. Obviously, I have a, um, I have a site, site backup. I've got somebody who looks after the technical side. I've got somebody who looks after the advertising. The site is profitable. And I have a little bit of assistance on the editorial side. But basically, it's a... And I really, like, I ought, I ought to take on somebody younger and sort of just help them, train them up and mm -hmm. get the thing going and find other... <laughs> Sandra, yes, oh, okay, you're on. <laughs> I'm ready. Let's do it. Um, so you get all the information yourself? You call and, all that? And of course, you've got to be careful about all the other things. You've got to be careful about libel and defamation and legal action. Yes. Like so, um, wow. yeah, it's quite a handful, but I try to limit it to two hours a day, which gives me time to do all the other do, fun things. Do people send you information to post on it or do you this, do this was the real this was the real revelation once i started talking to a discreet community discreet c-r-e-t-e mm -hmm. <laughs> um it became very different from journalism journalism you had to go out and look for stories and then you had to stand them up and being here i just turned on my my screen in the morning and there have been half a dozen people at least overnight who have been sending me stories. And I can judge from experience whether there's substance in them, whether it needs to be pursued, whether to leave it alone, whether to, to get further back up or get somebody to do a bit of research for me. Um, so no, uh, and because it became basically the only message board in the music world. Um, yeah, that's, that's where it comes. Um, that's great. We love so, it. Thank, thank you. you, thank you, thank you. You know, and I and I love it that you love it because I know, I know, especially the people who say who don't read it, they all read it sometimes. <laughs> well, come on, gossip. The gossip business. The gossip business is good. People the love gossip. Yeah, the serious stuff. People messing up. People doing things they really shouldn't be doing. No, yeah, that's 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 what we need to be watching for. And and we all know what they do and who they are. Yeah, yes, we do. Uh, you have the most. <laughs> um, you have the most. Yeah, mm -hmm. you have the most. Uh, yes, but Sandra, we don't have to do that anymore. If we. Oh, that's right. Glasses. Mm. Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll be we'll be sending you some emails. You also have some of the most amazing comment um, commentators too that comment on your on your site. I mean, some of those are, are, have been discussed as well too, you know, behind closed doors, so. Some of them are quite robust, aren't they? They really are, yeah. Literal is, is, is epic sometimes. It's just the things that, there's no filter with some of these people. That's right, that's and, right. But and, I find that, you know, I find that so interesting. I've had a lifelong interest in psychoanalysis. I've written, um a my my latest book where is it it's around here somewhere um freud 
features quite largely in it. So I've read a hell of a lot of Freud. Um, and what I'm seeing is people writing without filtration. So I, we are reading, if not quite their unconscious, at least they're semi-conscious. Mm. And these, these, these are your people. These are my people. These are people for whom music is a primary passion. They fatal mm -hmm. attraction. Mm -hmm. So when I engage with them and when you engage with them, um, we have a little better, a little better understanding of what it is that they're thinking. You know, you look out in an audience and you think, hopefully, that this is an adoring and supportive audience, uh -huh. and probably. Yeah, <laughs> I think they want us to fail more than succeed sometimes, but. Yeah, I was going to say, even in Canada. Um, <laughs> hey. No, I love Canada. Hey. <laughs> no, love Canada. Love Canada. I mean, I wrote a piece. I wrote a piece. Um, I, I read that on the critics. Yeah, I mean, Canada's where it's at. Um, it's true. <laughs> I see, I see the maple leaf behind you. Oh yes, well I have to have it up there, you know. Yeah. Um, you look at the audience and you think of it as a uniformity and you hope that it, it is supportive and appreciative and, and, and everything else. But there's a whole range of emotions going on out there and most of them have nothing to do with what it is that you're doing in terms of performance. Mm -hmm. In that sense, um, and, and, and this is an, a way also in which I find that engaging in this way on Zoom uh, is so productive. In that sense, it's incredibly liberating. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because, you know, when I'm in a room and I'm addressing 100 people or 200 people about a particular subject, I'm looking at the audience, I'm checking who's engaged, who's, you know, mm -hmm. can they hear me at the back? All of those things. Mm -hmm. I don't have to do that now. No. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm looking at Sandra, I'm looking at Kerry. Uh, we're making a little bit of eye contact insofar as Zoom makes that possible. But yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> but, but I'm relieved of the obligation to delve any further into Sandra and Kerry. Um, I can develop my thoughts and my ideas and then I can sit back and I can listen to yours mm -hmm. and that is it's a novel sensation but so far a very good one okay yeah I enjoy it I because we you know we get criticism all the time and my husband taught me one thing years ago he said to me be a duck Sandra just let it wash over your back just be a duck he's British by the way Mm -hmm. mm. How do you deal with all that, that just criticism and, and comments? Do you even read them? Do you just push them aside? Um, you tell me first, Kerry, how do you, how do you deal with it? Um, a singer told me, an established singer told me a long time ago, if you believe the good, you have to believe the bad. Mm -hmm. And so then I always, I've seen reviews that are horrible for a production and they make the production sold out. I've seen great reviews and it's sold out. I've seen great reviews and there's no one in the house. You know, it's what, mm -hmm. half full. Um, so I'm grateful for reviews for things like that that actually can put, you know, high knees in the seats. Um, I always know I was told as well to be very critical and honest of my performance so when i walk off stage or even sometimes on stage i know exactly what i did if it was good if it was bad if i could have done better whatever 
or if I really nailed it. So for me, um, if it can help me put a great review on my website or have somebody read about it in that sense, then wonderful. If, I mean, I guess at the end of it, I know what I did, whether, whether it was good or bad. And so it doesn't really matter what they say. I just hope that it can help sell seats, I guess. Yeah, I mean, we, we live with it. My, uh, I, I suppose my, my watchword is something that Arthur Schnabel once said. Um, he said, the audience applaud even when it's good. <laughs> okay, yeah, so we're, we're the biggest critics of ourselves, we know. Absolutely. So what they say about us, it, it's really marginal, it's peripheral, it is off a duck's back, as your husband says. It um, it, it's, it's, sometimes it's unpleasant. Mm -hmm. Well, when and they attack you personally, then it's fine you can you can critique my singing or my acting or our singing and acting or your your writing but when they they attack you personally there's a a line that has been crossed in my opinion and they don't know if we had a horrible day if your mother was sick or your you know or that you just weren't you had a fight with your husband they don't know that and i think people don't always take that into account, that we're human and that mm -hmm. we have emotions and feelings and that we're not robots and every day is the same. Sure, sure. Yeah. sure. So what, what do you think makes a good reviewer? If, if you were, Norman, if the best reviewer of classical music, what do you think is a good review as opposed to a bad review? Um, look, criticism is essential. We need it in every part of our society, otherwise we don't have democracy. Mm -hmm. And we're all subject to it. And whether we like it or not, it doesn't matter. We have to respect it because there has to be some kind of independent measure of what we're doing, aside from our own subjective measure of whether it was any good or not. Um, I've been in a position where I've been in charge of large parts of a major newspaper. I was assistant editor of the paper. And I was in charge of the arts. And I, uh, I hired and fired a lot of critics. I actually fired a lot before I hired them. And I knew what I was looking for in critics across all the art forms. I was looking for somebody who was engaged, informed, and honest. Um, and if I found those three qualities, and the person could write as well, um, then, then, you know, then we were fine. And I, I didn't necessarily have to agree with them. Um, but, you know, and I, and I had occasions I'm thinking of one very, very senior violinist, somebody whom I loved dearly and who was, who was giving a concert in London long after, uh, if I give the gender, I'll give it away, long after this person should have still been giving concerts and, uh, and was desperate to have it reviewed. So I said, fine, I'll send a long critic. I sent a critic and the critic said, problems with intonation. And I had this, violinist on the phone for an hour the next morning. As I say, it's somebody I liked and admired. I mean, we were mm -hmm. friends in a way, but I mean, I, you know, there, there was a great legacy behind them. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, the violinist said to me, what is your view? If you tell me, if you, Norman Lebrecht, tell me there was a problem with my intonation last night, um, I will stop playing immediately. And I said, I'm not going to take that responsibility. Mm -mm. All, I'm going to, all I'm going to do is I'm going to back the critic that I sent. That the critic said, you had a problem with intonation. Leave it there. Leave it there. I'll see you for a drink later. Mm -hmm. 
that so uh, that's uh, that I think is a way of of dealing with it. As long as the critic is is genuine mm -hmm. and is informed and is not honest, and we know that a lot of them aren't, mm -hmm. and we know that uh, that a lot of newspapers have an internal agenda, mm -hmm. and certain editors have an agenda. Yeah. And we have to perform certain dances around that in order to, yeah, in order to to uh, to do what we do and and not and not to get terribly harmed. And there are certain newspapers that I've come up against myself, you know, quite heavily because they have an agenda against me. They don't like me encroaching on their patch. They don't like me having stories a long time before they get them. Okay. Um, and so we just, you know, you deal with it. You deal with it as long as you focus on what you do. As long as you know. That what you do is the best you can possibly do and it's what you want to do mm -hmm. and it's what makes you get out of bed in the morning this is true yeah beautifully said. thank you yes i was curious about that how you deal with you know i'm sure along the way along the years you know there are you've made enemies i guess is if that's the right word and i just was wondering how how you deal with that oh, look i wrote a book called the maestro myth this is really a long time ago <laughs> It's 1991, okay? Yeah. And it was, the first, it was the first history of conducting since Harold Schomburg's The Great Conductors, which was 25 years earlier. First history of conducting in any language, so far as I could tell. Oh. And what I was a huge admirer of Harold's, and I think he was one of the critics that I really, really respected. Firstly, he knew piano like nobody else did because he'd been a student of Gavrilovich. Okay. And he was a grandmaster at chess. Oh, cool. Well, that's a pro we're talking of a proper critic. Yeah. Okay. Wow. You've got it. That's the other thing that I look for in a critic somebody who knew more than the field that they were supposed to be criticized. You need that second dimension. Um, so, um, I, uh, but I, I, I knew Harold's book well and I knew its limitations and I knew that it was very heavily uh, North America centric, uh, and he didn't really follow the European scene and he, he was monoglot, so he didn't read other languages. Um, so I took it on and I took on aspects of it and, and I particularly took on the aspect of power and how power is abused by conductors. The subtitle was Great Conductors in Pursuit of Power. Yeah. Okay. And, um, and at the time, 1991, I mean, that was really still the time of the Karayan Empire. Mm -hmm. And all the mini Karayans who were trying to um, create dominions for themselves. That's not really the major problem in conducting today, but we're talking of quite a long time ago. Mm -hmm. um, it came out, it was reviewed, it was, I think it started out quite successfully. The New York Times was so terrified of it, they sent it down to a professor in Texas to review. Nobody, nobody in town, you know, wanted to, 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 to tangle with the music business on this one. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> on the last day of my eldest daughter's day at grade school, She's 11 years old and she's just graduated. We went and picked her up from school with the little ones and we all went out to, um, to lunch. And on the way, I picked up a copy of the Times Literary Supplement. And I opened the TLS, you know, we've ordered and I think we just flipped through, oh, this review, my little car, that's nice. And um, it's by a professor of German at Cambridge, okay? And it begins, this may be the most disgusting book I've ever read. Um, 
What did you do? What did you do in the exact yeah, moment after you read that sentence? I would have grabbed a glass. I'm, I'm just seeing this playing out in my head and I want to know what, what happened. I said it was an Indian restaurant. Uh, I said to the waiter, you know I asked for the vindaloo to be medium. Can you make it hot? <laughs> now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I looked at my family and I thought, Put it away. <laughs> um, there are there are there are greater priorities in this. Mm -hmm. and later on, I read it leisure, and then I, I realized that I had trodden massively upon his corns because he was completely uncritical of Wilhelm Furtwängler, and I was looking at the way in which Furtwängler had engaged with the Nazi state, had compromised himself with the Nazi state, and had actually knowingly, knowingly um, abandoned his orchestra at a time when he should have been leading it. In January 1945, so it 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 uh, Furtwängler was in no sense a hero. He's one of the greatest conductors we've ever seen. Um, I am still blown apart by almost any Furtwängler performance that I hear. Okay. Uh, but he is an extremely flawed human being, and I dealt with those flaws in the book. And this okay. was too much for for the professor of Germanics at Cambridge, and and so he let pass. So um, when the paperback came around, um, I said, can we have that please as the first comment on the back? Um, that book went into 17 languages, sold a quarter of a million copies. I mean, Amazing. <laughs> so addressy. Yeah. 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 Face so, head on. Yeah. Speaking of facing it head on, mm. you, now this, you don't have to respond to this, but I know that you have been a big proponent of the hashtag me too, and talking about that in classical music on, on slip disc. Mm -hmm. And you really were the first one to scoop a lot of, of those stories. Do you think that it's peaked? Do you think the pandemic has kind of made people forget about it? Are we done with that? Or do you think there's more stories to come? I think we're done with it. Um, and not because there are not still malefactors around, not because there are not still abusers, they are, and between the three of us, we probably know some of them. Mm -hmm. But because the subject is out in the open, it was never out in the open before. And I, I um, you know, I, I did as much as I could within the limits of the law to bring it out into the open. Um, I got Nigel Kennedy to talk about the child abuse. I mean, I was primarily initially concerned with child abuse, mm -hmm. with the abuse of underage boys and girls. So I got mm -hmm. Nigel Kennedy to talk about abuse of pupils of both sexes mm -hmm. at the Emmanuel School. Um, and that started to open up a debate in education and then broke it open wider here. And we now, in Britain, we now have a national inquiry into abuse of students at music schools. Okay, so it couldn't be bigger. Um, at one of these schools at Chetham's in Manchester, also at the Royal Northern uh, College in Manchester, there were malefactors who were known to all and who just got away with it. And, and, and the people who were in charge of these institutions, the boards, the heads, the principals, they've, they've, you know, they've got away scot-free and that hurts because lives were ruined. In one case, in the trial of one man, one of the victims who had very bravely come forward to testify and who was subjected to a horrible cross-examination went home and took a life. And 
it, it was just. Mm. So uh, having, having started it, having opened it, I felt, yeah, here was the real need um, just to keep it alive, mm -hmm. to give hope for the people, to the people who've been abused, to, to give them an idea that they'd not been alone. When uh, I got, had a letter in the mid-90s from somebody who detailed serious sexual abuse of young people at the Metropolitan Opera, and also serious abuse of power yeah. by individuals whom we all know and we don't need to name. Mm -hmm. And I, I brought it forward as much as I could without um, wanting to spend the next few years in court. Right. Um, I just wanted to put all I can do in my role is to put it on the agenda. Um, so I put it on the agenda then. It stayed there. Other people took it up. And then it fed into the early parts of, of the Me Too. And when other journalists started investigating, I did what I could to help and, 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 and what I could. Thank you. Just to bring, you know, to, to, bring, to bring a bit of, I mean, for heaven's sake, bring a little bit of justice into it. And I, and I think now that it's out into the open, those who might have that, those inclinations, they're going to be so careful before they... Yes. Yeah, I think I think we're all safer now. It was a discussion that had to happen, yeah. and investigations that had to happen. Yeah. And I recall Carrie and I, we were in New York not too many months ago, and me just sitting there when somebody that I knew had abused me, and I remember sitting there, remember Carrie, we were at the restaurant, and I was just uncontrollably crying because I couldn't hold it in anymore. And and I thank you for we thank you for opening that door. Yeah, for shining a light on it. It was just in the dark for so long, and and a lot. I mean, when I grew up in the business, I just thought that that was something we had to deal with. It was something to maneuver around. How do you maneuver around this safely? What are your lines that you're going to cross? What are the lines? Either way, and I and. And it's interesting now and really kind of wonderful now to talk to artists that are 10 years, 15 years younger than I am that say, what? You had to deal with what? Yeah. Because that's not happening in rehearsals now. Um, even well, nothing's happening in rehearsals now. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, I <laughs> that's why we're friends. Um, so no, but I, you know, it's really funny to hear them, their surprise. And what do you mean you, somebody did that or somebody said that to you? So um, no, I'm, it's, I have loved in the last year or two, the, the changes that have happened in rehearsal, things I don't have to worry about anymore or even think about really. So, I mean, there's still changes that do need to keep happening, but, Tell me. Tell me. but yeah. What, what do you think still needs to change, Karen? Well, I think that there are, uh, people need to know that they have a voice to say, I'm uncomfortable with that, with that scene, with doing that with this person and not being ostracized or penalized or, you know, oh, we don't want to hire her again because she's a troublemaker. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, um, yeah. I've seen that with other people, singers that have come and asked me because I'm older and say, how do I do, how do I, what do I say? Because I don't want to do this. Mm. And, um, and so I think that there still needs to be conversations around that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And men and women, 
Men and women. Men, men and women. Yes, no, no. I've known, you know, quite a few men who've been subjected to that sort of abuse, yeah. um, and, and possibly some who still are. But if we can have an open conversation about it, yeah. we can. Yes. Uh, I think the light needed to be shown so that things could change, so that people could feel, especially the young singers coming up, where they felt like they could say, this isn't okay. I don't feel comfortable in this situation. And I'm just talking about staging. Can we change this to make this work? Because sometimes we're not working with the nicest colleagues. So really, there's things you really don't want to do. And I really appreciate now someone actually saying to me, can I, may I? And I, and then I had, then the power's back in my court instead of the power being in the directors, the conductors, the, the power now shifted back to me. Well, I appreciate that now. Who do you feel has the most power now in, well, not now, but before in, in the operatic world, the conductors, the stage directors, men, who, who do you think controls all of that now? At the moment, nobody's in control. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, has been, this has been a very great leveler. And one of the first things that I observed when I started writing about this world, um, and that's, you know, Maestro Myth, and then When the Music Stops, which was called something else in America. In America, yeah, it's that's it. It's Who Killed Classical Music. Sandra, if you turn that book onto its side, I'm not in charge of titles, okay? They called it, um, that's it. Now, when you look at the spine, what does it say? Turn it around, read the spine. Norman Lebrecht, Burke, Classical music, Norman Lebrecht. Yeah. So, you know, that was, that was the sort of reaction I was getting. I was the man that was destroying classical music. All right. What, <laughs> what, um, what I was feeling was the helplessness of almost all artists who were not conductors. Um, because artists were traveling around, they were going from one job to the next. Uh, if you were a singer, at least you'd be in a production for a few weeks together with other singers, you could exchange views and so forth. If you were a pianist or a violinist, you were on a plane every other night and you were moving and you didn't see anyone. And your only lifeline, the only person who could give you some perspective about what was going on or could, could address your unease with your agent. That gave the agents tremendous power. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and, and I, I really felt for the helplessness of artists who were having to depend on somebody with a vested interest, which might not be in their interest, mm -hmm. um, for all of their information. So part of what I did and part of what I do is to try and keep a flow of information to the artists, wherever they may be, they can at least be enlightened about what the hell is going on. Yeah. So agents were inordinately powerful, and the biggest of them were the most powerful of them all, and I've dealt with them in the books, and we don't need to discuss who they were, because mostly they're no, they're, there are no longer any such powerful agents. No. There aren't. There aren't. Um, there are some rather good boutique agencies. There are people who think they are large agencies, but they are, they, the last three, four years, they've been struggling. And right now, there's no guarantee that any of them is going to be in business two months from now because no. money going out and nothing coming in through the right. Right. And, uh, They have no strategy to deal with it. So power has gone from the agencies. It also departed from the conductors. There were certain conductors who were able to maintain hegemonies within their own institutions, but one by one, those hegemonies have been broken. One of the key ways in which the, the artist-conductor 
power worked was uh, if you were powerful agent and powerful conductor, then your agent would suggest to you the singers you should be casting in your production and the soloist you should be hiring in your concert season. That doesn't work anymore. Yeah. That doesn't work anymore. Um, you know, Yannick may make suggestions at the Met, but he's never going to cast an opera and he's not going to be able to put his favorites in that, even if he were minded to do so. And I suspect he probably isn't. Um, the music director of a major American orchestra, with one or two exceptions who still belong to the old world of, uh, mm. you know, of maestro power. The music directors, this quite shocked me. I mean, I, I, um, I had this conversation a while back. I know I won't say the name of, 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 of the particular president of an orchestra, but it's somebody with whom I've had long conversations over many years, somebody who I like and trust. Um, and um, who said, there is no way that my music director picks the soloists. I pick the soloists. I said, what about guest conductors? I pick the guest conductors. So what does the music director do? The music director helps with me putting a shape on the season and decides whatever it is that he or she wants to conduct. The rest, that's shifted. So it's what there has been is a breakdown of the old power structures and there are new um, sort of centers of power, but they're less, um, um, God, I hesitate to use the word in, in in these particular circumstances, they're less viral than they used to be. Yeah. Um, so now there is actually more empowerment for the individual artist. And the individual artist can do more to sway his or her own circumstances. You're no longer, yeah, you're, you're no longer a pawn being pushed around by a hidden hand. And you no longer have to be nice to conductors if you don't want to be. You know, all of those. <laughs> you promise? I'll, I'll sign it for you, Sandra. I'll sign it for you. <laughs> um, Are you sure you know, about that? <laughs> try it. Let me know. <laughs> well, Kiri does know that I only wear one contact when I'm singing on stage because that's only for up close the far away one not as important mm, yeah 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 you know what they you know what the sound of Vienna Philharmonic you said um, uh, who's conducting they say we never look we never look oh um, when the violin business in America was a um, uh, was a conversation between Isaac Stern and his agent Lee Lamont and Dorothy DeLay at Juilliard uh, as to who was going to be promoting, you know, what was the coming talent and where were they going to be placed. Um, at that time, Dorothy DeLay would say to her students, after a concerto, you always go to the conductor's room and say thank you. Good advice. Mm -hmm. Good advice for then. I'm not sure it's necessary anymore. But if you cross your fingers and put them behind your back, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, obviously you have to get on with people. But yeah. I don't, think to, I don't think you have to do it in that obsequious way anymore. Yeah, it's your concerto. You're the violinist. You play. You play. Thank you. No, that's it's true. <laughs> what do you think? 
with what's happened now, our as artists, as Sandra and I, what should our relationship be with the public until we're able to do what we do again? I mean, what? I'm not a big fan of the Zoom um, singing, so I'm not, but I'm not really quite sure what we are supposed to do. I'm happy to help the opera companies in whatever way they. Yeah, well, we already are with all of our free streaming out yeah, there. Yeah, true, true. Um, but what do you what do you think our our role is now? Talk to me. How are you spending your days at the moment? <laughs> Doing this and uh, and editing videos and learning new software and um, talking with singers and friends and managers and just seeing what the latest is and what's going on. How are they opening up in Europe? I think the better question is what we're not doing, right, Carrie? And that is singing. Yeah, yeah. You don't you don't have to you don't have to do exercises. We should. Well, we should. But man, this is so good. You know, if you're violinists and you didn't do your exercises and you didn't take, you, you'd be dead in a week. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd lose it. Your fingers would turn to flab. Well, it's going to take us uh, a while to get back. It'll take, it'll it'll take, take a while. You know, it, take, it takes a footballer a while to, to, to get back, but you don't have to do it every day. Not having to do it every day actually allows you a greater freedom mm -hmm. to think. Mm -hmm. and construct your lives mm -hmm. and, and strategize and whatever it is your managers are telling you about what's going on in Europe they probably read it first on slip disc so you if you get up an hour earlier than they you have you um, have an instrument like the piano here this is an mm -hmm. instrument but our mm -hmm. instrument is here and it's emotional based yeah. as well yeah. so yeah. we've been very emotional and this has been an yeah. emotional time for everyone and it's hard to sing when, when you're that emotional. And also when you have nothing to really look forward to because we don't know what. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. No, I, I, I totally get all of that. Yes. I, think, I mean, I think what you're doing is exactly what you should be doing, which is communicating in another way. Um, I don't go along with all of this free stuff. I think most of it is wasted and most of it is, is, is just, you know, flag, I'm still here, I'm still here. Yes, yes, okay. You know, and especially institutions. Oh yeah, we're gonna stream everything we've got. We're gonna stream you our archives. We're gonna stream you our drains. Um, and they're gonna get used watching. to it. Yeah, who's watching? Who I don't uh, know. Who wants to watch the videos that were really just for archival that are from the back of the theater? I don't wanna watch that. I'm horrified. I was no. horrified when I saw that. Yeah, no, no, you don't want to do that. So and what I think if- I think yeah. there's so much out there now. <laughs> I don't know. We, we have strong feelings about this. Yeah, we, it sounds like you. No, yeah, I, I, so I, I, I would say two things. Just from 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 my experience, um, one is communicate in whatever way you can, and clearly you're doing it with these videos, which I'm just marvelous. Thank you. Um, and yeah, absolutely terrific. Um, and 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 this is the best way to engage people with your world, to be open, to talk among friends, among colleagues, to talk from the heart, mm -hmm. um, to be human among humans. And that keeps them engaged with who you are and what you do. The other thing is to, is to enlighten. And that doesn't necessarily mean to teach. Um, there are far too many people out there offering voice lessons at the moment. Um, I know. Yeah. I refuse. I refuse. So it, it, it doesn't it's need to teach. It's a tactile thing. It's like right. a human voice. It, it has to, 
it has to hit you. The, 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 the yes. visceral yeah. feeling of the human voice hitting your body. You don't get through Zoom. You don't get through. That's right. That's right. It's those things. It's talking about those things. It's talking about what it is to be a singer. How it is, how you get there, when you're there, what do you do with it? Mm -hmm. um, what, what, what are these actual processes? If you were to, to construct a series in which the two of you talk either together or with others, or just one of you talk about that simple thing, what I do, what I need, mm -hmm. what makes it good for me and for you. Mm -hmm. There is a public hung hunger for enlightenment. Um, people are giving not so much tuition, but, but information in so many fields, in so many ways. Uh, and it may be, it, you know, it, it may even be quite technical. You might just want to give a couple of talks about your individual fach. Mm. I gave a talk with Seattle Opera. Mm -hmm. They wanted me to do a talk on how I warmed up. And I said, actually, I think the why is much more interesting. Yeah. And it blew up the internet. Mm -hmm. yeah. Well, in, 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 in opera terms. Yeah. 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 It was kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 but that's when, when this indigo period. Mm -hmm. is over mm -hmm. you will not be remembered for all the free streams mm -hmm. that people have done you'll be remembered for having done something distinctive for having carved your own path for having done it sinatra style your way mm -hmm. um and for having left an impression on, pe on people that you haven't joined the the herd of despair that you haven't thrown your hands up in the air and said, said, where's my next gig coming from? That you've actually taken possession of yourself and your circumstances. And you've thought very carefully, this is who I am. This is where I want to be. And this is how we carry it forward. And, you know, I'm saying this. Thank you. I'm, I'm saying this as much to me as I am to you, um, because you know, you're both much younger than I am. Well, mm, mm, well you, can, you can see that. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm trying to let the natural color grow out, but it's stubbornly. <laughs> my husband says, at least you still have it. <laughs> it's stubbornly refusing. Um, um, you know, we're, so we're thinking, what are we thinking? We're thinking the next 10, 20, 30 years between the three of us, yes? Mm -hmm. as to how our lives are going to shape up within that time. Mm -hmm. And this is where we do the planning. This is where we do the thinking. It's not, it's not our agents, bless them, who do the thinking for us. I mean, agents are very good at sounding what I'm a very good literary agent. Um, and he's a very good sounding board, and I can try ideas on him but I don't expect him to initiate those ideas. The ideas have to come from within me as they come from within you. Yeah. And, and this is the time to construct those while at the same time doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. No, finding, 
finding a means, finding a channel of communication, finding mm. ways of reaching an audience. And listen to both of you, you know, slip disk is open to you. Anything you want to do on slip disk, um, whether it's writing something or posting videos or whatnot. Come on, yeah. Of course. Of course. Anytime. Okay. Thank you. We can we uh, have a few more minutes you know, for the time? Yeah, it's only two or three minutes. It's only you know, it's only two or three million people, so it's it's quite small. No compared, pressure. Quite small compared to another. Oh, we would but, love to have you on again. We would we would love to if if you're willing. Maybe oh, we can yeah. have it as things start to open, we can check back yeah. in with you because sure. really, I think people are going to find this so informative and so oh, helpful. Really, with, and, with the greatest of pleasure. With thank, the greatest pleasure. You know, thank you for saying what you said because there are you know. I don't know if a lot of people understand this about most opera singers. We're very extroverted when we're on stage, but there's a lot of us that are very introverted in, in our personal life and our home lives. And uh, I've, I've struggled, Sandra and I've talked about this because there's moments I wake up at three in the morning and <gasps> I put that on on the internet. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm really showing who I am, which a lot of us hide some of those those things to be divas and be opera, opera singers and as Sandra is an opera star. So, um, but I, the reason to keep going and to move forward is for, yes, my star friend, Sandra. Um, but, um, the, you know, the reason to keep going is because for me, I wanted to see this content. I needed it. I needed to see it and talk to other people. And as Sandra and I've said, sometimes it turns into a therapy session and it makes us feel better by the time we get off the interview. So I feel much better now. And, and I feel like we've learned a lot about Absolutely. Yeah. But this is, this, is, this, is also, this is also how we're seeing our therapists nowadays, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we don't need a therapist talking to you. Exactly. And, and of course not. You've got opera. <laughs> and our physicians. So th this, is the new, this is the new natural. Yeah. I like um, and and each of us is learning how to be natural within it. Yeah. Um, but it's a different way of giving and receiving mm -hmm. to and from people. And I'm finding it on balance really beneficial. It has. I agree with you. It truly has yeah. been. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you for putting it all in perspective. Thank and now we're going to make you laugh. We hope, or or make you feel better. questions. Yeah. yeah. Or make you feel yeah. Go, 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 go. I'll have another drink. <laughs> okay. I know. I was like, this is either going to make you laugh or feel very uncomfortable. I'm not quite sure yet. Okay. <laughs> What's a song that always gets stuck in your head? Oh, the biggest earworm. Oh my God. Um, it's probably the last, the one before last that I heard. Um, oh, that's really hard. Um, Oh, oh! I mean, there, there was one that just popped up on my feed this morning, and it's sung in Hebrew by somebody called Hava Alberstein, and it's about a, a girl of 30 on her birthday whose boyfriend hasn't brought her a present, and she's talking to God who's hiding behind a tree. Oh. And it, it is absolutely the most heartbreaking thing, and oh. it's going to pop up on it's going to pop up on slip disc in about four days from now. Okay, we will listen. Okay, so call it that one. Yeah. Okay. okay. What was the last thing you Googled? Um, Debussy Eastbourne. Oh, okay. Do we ask why? Yes, because uh, there's a hotel in Eastbourne called the Grand Hotel. And I actually once stayed in the room where Debussy um, wrote La Mer. 
cool. Couldn't write it from France. Oh, because they don't have a proper sea in France. He had to come. He had to come to the right side of the channel to do it. And and I needed the dates. Okay, we're gonna get some comments on that one. <laughs> Favorite sound. Favorite sound. Um, you know, I would never have said this before the lockdown, but right now it's birdsong. I knew you were going to say that because I read that. That was a beautiful article, by the way. We should get that link, Carrie. It's, it's a wonderful article about how the birds, you're hearing the birds more now than, yeah. than ever before. And, 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 and what, what we can learn from them. I know. Because, you know well, I hear birds all the time because we live in the middle of the, they wake us up. The geese. Yeah, yeah no, no, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, I have to ask this of everyone. What is your favorite curse word in any language? Um, I have three daughters. When they were young, um, I was having to restrain my tongue, perhaps more than I do nowadays. Mm -hmm. And the one that would come out was drat. It's a Victorian word, but drat. That's good. There's a lot of things. It's, we're, learning, we're learning a lot of non-curse word curse words. Yeah. So a lot of people have children at home and <laughs> so what's the strangest thing that you know too much about the strangest thing that i know too much about um is probably the aramaic language oh difficult um because um i was once a rabbinical scholar a long time ago and i still study i still study the talmud and um, so Hebrew is easy, Aramaic is harder. Um, so yeah, it, it you know it doesn't come in very useful. No, uh, there are not many things that you can. There are not many. Oh, there, there are jokes in Aramaic, but I mean they're not. Um, you can't really use it much in daily conversation. So yeah, if you want strangest things, that's fairly Aramaic. Pretty good, yeah, yeah. Um, what's the craziest rumor you've ever heard about yourself? that I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty crazy. This was, this was quite shocking. This was in the early days of the internet, somebody who had a classical music site. Um, and uh, I think uh, his occupation was a real estate agent. So obviously it's a pillar of veracity. Um, anyway, he, he he took issue with something that I'd written in which I said that, you know, the recording industry was dying. And he posted, Norman Labreshti said, and suddenly my phone rang off the hook of his friends from all over the world were saying, no, no, no. You know, we're talking to my wife and say, I'm oh, so sorry, I'm Norman. Yeah, that was the worst. <laughs> and we should let you go. The last question we ask, and, and this is a James Lipton question that he asked at the Reader's Studio. The Aqua Studio. Yeah, sorry, I was reading something and oh gosh, COVID brain. COVID brain actors. Thank you. If heaven exists, mm -hmm. what would you like to hear God say as you enter the pearly gates? Can I show you my wine cellar? <laughs> Fabulous. Is that a hint? Do you want to see? <laughs> I have to go downstairs and take you down there. <laughs> you know what I'll do? I will take a video mm -hmm. and I will send it to you. Is that okay? Perfect. Fantastic. Yes. Yes. Love to see it. Thank you so much. Really, is this was 
just a great time. Pleasure is entirely mine. I mean, I haven't shown you around my little space. This is this is sort of this is my oh, my loft, my office. I mean, and what you're seeing is only really one small dimension of the stuff around me because you keep oh, playing, yes. and the books just go round and round and round. And then there's a partition in the middle of the room, and on the other side, there's just as many books on the over there. So it's 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 a pretty good working library. That's um, and the light uh, coming in, streaming in is really the light streaming in. Yeah, that I don't know. There, there's my there's my little forest. This, oh, is, the, nice. this is my music room. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, and that's my wall of shame, as my husband calls it. <laughs> <laughs> And we go, oh, yep, that's that's all of it, so. Well, your room would be my happy place. I'm an avid reader. I love to read, and that just looks cozy and comfortable, and I think you'd have a hard time getting me out of there. <laughs> Can I see your room, Carrie? Oh, it's a it's a hot mess, but yes. Oh, you, I, you have to see Carrie's setup for her camera. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a camera on a tripod. No, I'm just on my computer, but okay. hold on one second. And um, no, I'm in a little teeny tiny because I travel so much. I didn't really want a big place to have to take care of. And it's just my husband and myself. So we live in a downtown Nashville, Tennessee, in a little 800 square foot apartment, which now I'm really regretting. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to see like, here's the, I'm sorry, it's such a disaster. But okay. here, I can actually show you. Hold on. You can yeah, see the one's got a great view. You can see downtown Nashville from here. Okay. I like nice. Nashville. Okay. Yeah. That's nice. All green and pretty. Yeah. Great. So that's downtown Nashville, and we just have a little one bedroom here and, uh, and a den, and we turned the den into um, a workout room. I bought a Peloton bike because my husband and I, um, it keeps us sane. It's not necessarily for weight loss, it's just for sanity yeah. purposes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's what we, yeah, that's my place. Okay. Yeah. Let, I mean, let me just share one other, one last thing with you, because since we were talking about books and stuff, um, a part of my life has been like yours, peripatetic. Um, I traveled quite a lot, especially when I was doing journalism. And um, my great release was always bookshops. And I would always, you know, at the end of a long day's work or whatever, I would always find where the antiquarian bookstores were. Mm -hmm. And um, because like you, I have a few languages, there were no barriers. You went into a bookshop and, 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 and you found the stuff that yeah. interested you and you came out with armfuls yeah. of it. <laughs> and you brought it home. And, and so this is really, yeah, that's, that's books have been my world. And, yeah. um, I love that. Wow. So. Well, it's it's been a pleasure getting to see your world and, and getting to know you. And for me too. Really, we, we will check back in with you. Mm -hmm. I think it maybe in a month if if you're willing to just say hello to everybody and see how things are doing. Sure, absolutely and with pleasure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's absolutely fantastic. Thank you so much. So lovely to be with you, really. Yes, you too. You, you really lifted our spirits so much. Thank so. you. No, listen. Virtual it's all hugs. good. It's yeah. all good. Virtual hugs. Virtual hugs. Think indigo. I, I love that. That's going in the video. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> We're going to use that for all the promos. Indigo, yes. Indigo. All right. Thank you, Norman. Thank you.
Take care. Bye. Much love. Bye. 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 Did you put on falsies? No, did you? The little you ones. Oh, you did. I don't know how to do it. There. I just, I just blinked. I just put a lot of mascara on. I'm excited. Are you excited? I don't really know what to think. I'm just kind of like, well, let's go. Are you, how are you feeling? How was the swab? How was the whole thing? Oh, weird. I really, okay. So here's me, you know, I'm like my mother with the purse that has everything in it. Um, what was that television show where it, where you could, um, where they'd be like, if anybody has a Q-tip in their purse, you can get a hundred dollars. It's a wheel of fortune, not wheel of fortune. Um, let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. Let's make a deal. So I'm that lady and, um, I'd pull out a Q-tip and get my hundred dollars. But, um, I normally am prepared and I brought tissues, you know, I think I'm thinking, oh, we're going to want to blow our noses. No, I really needed water. Because however that went down there, it was different than a scope. Did they ah uh, or did they uh? Oh no, it's through the nose. You go like this and they, man, they just shove it on all the way back in there. It does not hurt, but it's uncomfortable. Oh. And the, what was so funny was Chris went first and it came out. I, I saw his body go like this when it got further back. And, uh, and, and he, she took it out and he goes, well, that was horrible. <laughs> he said it or she said it. Uh, he said it. He goes, that was horrible. And, um, and then they came over to my side and did it. Uh, and then we'll know in three to five days. I'm glad we went. I am too. I'm too. You know, if nothing else, just to, I mean, you're feeling fine, right? Oh yeah. I just want to know if I'm a carrier that doesn't show any symptoms. So that's my concern. So then I know who I can be around and who I can't, you know what I mean? So then you can come up here and have a road trip. Well, I think lipstick too dark. Okay. Oh, I no, I love it. Kind of too late now, isn't it? Can you do that? <laughs> I used to be able to make my tongue into like a clover leaf. Okay, no more. We're singers. We can do that shit. We're weird. Right? Okay. <laughs>